0: vending machine technician, it's Leave Radio. Attention. Attention! Attention!
1: Would you like to reorder, break, right. or read? Would you like to read something uh-huh. pop?
2: Commanders, and welcome to episode 312 of Lave Radio, the show that likes to talk about the universe of Leet and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Commander Phoenix to Fire, Head of Archives at Lave Station, otherwise known as Colin Ford. And joining me in the Orange in the Bar for this episode, we have our Deputy Trade Attache, Commander Souverine.
1: What up?
2: We have our Inhuman Resources Director, Commander Shan. Hello. Um, we welcome back our head of health and safety, Commander Edelweiss, that's Ben Woodward.
3: So, Colin, have you crossed your fingers?
2: I'm crossing everything at the moment.
3: Have you tied your dick in a knot? What? What? <laughs> have you slung it over your shoulder like a regimental soldier? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, Are you <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so much for so
2: much for welcoming him back and <laughs> we'll also we'll also welcome Commander Ventura who's is doing the tech for us tonight
0: uh, so if we you wish we off the quality didn't we right off the bat we were just up there Obsidian Ant's got nothing on the quality of this show I tell you
2: yeah it, it is it's, uh, constantly feeling like we're outclassed by the Red Dwarf crew to be honest <sighs> Anyway, if you wish, you can join us live. We, um, I think, are we hanging out in game? I, Where are I, you I hanging am... out, Colin? <laughs> ben, are you in open? Oh no! <laughs>
3: <laughs> I, I will be. I'm just, I'm just getting things working at my end. With things well, listen, being, listen, we be don't want,
2: we don't want, we don't want to know what's working at your end. To be honest.
3: Uh, Right. I'm just I'm just getting things turned on now. It is age, Colin. Oh God help.
2: Anyway, if you can't get to us in game, you can also join our Twitch chat channel, which you can access through Laveradio.com slash live, click on the live chat, or go straight to twitch.tv slash lave radio. We're also available on YouTube and on Facebook. Fingers crossed. So um Quickly, we'll go round the crew. And I'm dreading this, to be honest, considering the way the show started already. Uh, ben, what have you been up to this week?
3: Right. In the interest of keeping it quick, I've been doing CGs. I finished our War Squadrons. And Souverine and I played some Among Us with his very drunken friends, And that was hilarious. And we also played um, Hide and Seek in Among Us, too. That was also hilarious. Not behind the bike sheds. No. And we weren't playing hide the sausage either.
2: (sighs) So for all those of you who are uh, playing the leave radio drinking game, where every time Ben says something dirty, I'm afraid you'll be half cut by now, won't you? So, um, (laughs) uh, apart from getting murdered by an imposter, what else have you been up to?
1: uh what do i want to do um as usual i have absolutely no idea uh i'll quickly (laughs) check the calendar i uh on thursday last week i no on wednesday my dad came to london and i went for lunch with him which is quite nice um on thursday i went to see um akira at the cinema um one of the the cineworld on leicester square was showing akira uh on the imax um so me and one of my schoolmates and another friend went to um went to watch that and i've seen it once before uh, she and i watched it when she was at uni and um we watched it on a little laptop in her dorm and we at the time we were like oh yeah that's cool anime um and then we watched it again last week and we we both of us were struck by what an absolute flipping masterpiece it is if you haven't seen akira go and watch it honestly like it's one of the best animes ever made and it's just fantastic film totally fantastic sound design is incredible is that the one which they upgraded
2: specifically for the imax because i I remember seeing that this i know that they're doing a 4k version of it for on for whatever media the 4k comes out in these days it's not blu-ray it's it's whatever 4k is
1: i i've no idea i think they're doing a live action one um i don't know whether it's been remastered or not it's i think it's quite early 80s um, or maybe mid eighties, uh, uh, mid eighties but... to late eighties, yeah. Okay, fine. Uh, but yeah, very, very good. Um, mm. and then on Friday, I played D and D with some friends, and it's my first time playing it. Um, I think we're on session three. Uh, what well, three for me? I think they've been doing it a bit longer. Um, and um, I'm quite enjoying it, actually. The combat is incredibly boring and tedious, but um, but all the role playing and larking about is quite fun. Um,
2: oh, that's interesting. Then what is it? Fifth edition, and what class are you playing?
1: I am in that one. I am a moon druid. Um, I am a furbog called Herb, and um, I've a discovered firbol. that furbog or furbog or something Arthur like that. Arthur
0: says furball. Maybe that too. I don't know. I don't know. Put a fox, mask well, well, on or something like that.
1: Topically, that's exactly what he does. His his whole shtick is turning into animals because he's a druid. Um, and uh, and I discovered that turning into a bear is a pretty effective solution for most problems in Dungeons & Dragons. Um, and uh, I mentioned this to another friend who who dungeon, who dungeon does the GMing all the time. Um, I was like, oh, i am trying D&D for the first time. And he said, oh, well, how are you finding it? And I'm like, well, I'm a druid, so being a bear is quite effective, generally, for most things. And he was like, fucking bloody druids and bears. And apparently the, the class I've chosen, the specific subclass, is the most broken thing in D&D. So I, I've accidentally chosen the one thing which is like a massive exploit in that game. Um, which is really fun <laughs> I'm sorry said, what,
2: what did you say it was called again
1: a fur the, the race is a bog. I think that's what it is or, that sounds or, like some kind of epileptic wookie <laughs> <laughs> funnily enough it, 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 apparently they look like that they're about 10 feet tall and they're sort of like the forest dwelling gentle giant type things um, I didn't realise what it was <laughs> when I think so
2: there. it's basically Bigfoot
1: yeah basically yeah 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 but possibly green rather than brown I don't really know um uh, but that was, yeah, that was Friday. And then on Saturday, yeah, um, Ben came and joined us for our, uh, my f- friends and I were playing Among Us, um, which is completely hilarious. Um, ben, do you mind if I tell the, the anecdote about your, um, <laughs> you accidentally dropping into oh, when,
3: that? When I was playing with my son and then dropped into another game. Yes. You are welcome to tell it. I might interject.
1: So, so I was playing Among Us with some friends Don't for the first time. me on
3: any... <laughs> Watch lists,
1: please. and uh, Ben, I, I that bought, that horse has bolted, mate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we were playing among us, and and Ben sent me a message saying, "Have you got room for more?" And I said, "Yeah, definitely." And you come, and um, and he dropped in, and he was like, "Oh, hey guys, um, you'll never guess what's just happened. I've just, I've, I've accidentally. Oh, it's been really embarrassing." And we we're like, what, what, what's, what's gone wrong?" And he's like, "Oh, I've just, I've just accidentally found myself match made." Um, I've, I've accidentally gate crashed an 11 year old girl's birthday party in among us with the oh, username summer party with the u- <laughs> summer party with the username with the username daddy <laughs> he'd been playing he'd been playing among us with his kids um and he'd called himself daddy and then he'd gone and then he'd gone surfing for games afterwards and just got <laughs> just got match made with all these 11 year old girls <laughs>
3: <laughs> And he's just like, hey, "Hey, everybody, can I come and play?"
1: And like, who the fuck is this random man called Daddy?
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was funny. It was very amusing.
0: <laughs> so we, 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 so is do we know what Ben Saville has been up to the rest oh of the week?
3: <laughs> 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 Playing more <among> us. <laughs>
1: Not going near any schools?
3: <laughs> Actually, I've got... A, oh, shit, I shouldn't say this. <laughs> There's a school just on the top of my road.
1: Mate, don't, don't leave the house. You'll an, you'll, <laughs> your, ankle, your ankle will start beeping.
3: <laughs>
1: well, I must admit, this episode has gone dark
2: very, very quickly. <laughs>
1: Uh and then what oh. else have I been doing? Uh I haven't played Elite at all this week. I've been um I really want to. It's not through lack of will. I really, really want to get in, involved in the storyline and the Marlinists and everything. Um, but I've I've been very busy. I've been editing like a madman. Uh it's a very busy time of the month, uh work wise. And um and in the evenings, Dr. Kai and I have been playing a lot of Far Cry five. Um so we've been scampering about murdering low income Americans with guns, um, which is surprisingly good fun, actually. Um, and that brings us up to today, so yeah not not, not a huge amount of uh, of video game stuff but um, but very busy busy nonetheless.
0: I don't really know how to follow that because a part of, in my head when ben, when you're talking the story about ben i had I had the um you know the lyrics tie tied the kangaroo down Ben you know just from the Rolf Harris link and then there was uh, and then there was your exploit sue. And it's like, just what is going on? Has so my my week has actually been quite mundane, really, compared to your lot of weirdness. Um, I I too haven't played any elite this week because I've been far too busy in real life with all sorts of uh, all sorts of real life family stuff going on not not bad family stuff just kind of life stuff really uh game wise i haven't really had a lot of time to play any games at all this week so i'm going to be completely boring and so i haven't played any games um i did however um finish off uh ceramic coating the car and that took me saturday and sunday so it took me 20 hours to finish that off but, what, is, what exactly is ceramic coating a car well, you know how people wax. Uh, put waxes on a car to make it shiny and, water, and the water run off and basically protect the paint? Yeah. Uh, a ceramic coat is what it says. It's transparent. Um, it's a transparent coating that hardens and forms a shell over the car such that it protects the paint and the look of the car for up to seven years. Hmm. Interesting. So it's completely, water will just completely run off it and it's bird resist, bird poo resistant and nothing else like that. So it's like a super wax you don't ever need to uh, to wash off. But nice. the secret is the secret is to it is you have to really prepare the car. So you have to really wash it clean, go over with the fine tooth comb, get a machine polisher to polish polish all the scratches out, you know, the micro scratches, the little hazing you can see. And yeah. then you and then there's a uh, a calculator you have to use for the uh, temperature. And the weather that tells you how long you have to leave each part of the coating on before you rub it off, because if you leave it on too long, it dries and it leaves like a cloudy, hazy mark, which you can't ever get out of them by sanding it out. Mm. So so you have to do like a, a one foot by two foot square each time. In my case it was forty seconds. I had forty seconds to let it cure and then it was a race to rub it off within the time allowed. So it's really meticulous and really specific. That sounds very high octane. Um it, I actually, like
1: I, 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 that well, stressful. What I mean is that sounds very stressful. Like it sounds like there's a high penalty for failure with that.
0: Oh well, you you have to machine sand it off again and reapply it. But it's um, it's taking me about three months to learn how to do it. Yeah, yeah.
2: that's a lot of wax on, wax off, isn't it?
0: Well, it's just it's just well, the thing is, it's wax on, and not worry about it for seven years. So, you know, uh, it, I think nothing results are worse. I mean, you can, you can go completely crazy and look for perfection, but you end up wearing the clear coat down on your car and then you get, you sand the paint off. So basically you have to reach a point where you think, well, that's as good as I'm going to get it within the limitations of my skill.
2: Well, I will say one thing, Shan. Uh, I think if anyone tries to punch you in the next couple of weeks, I'm quite sure that the muscle memory will block
0: any any incoming punch? Well, as long as it's up and down and side to side within forty seconds, it'll be all right. <laughs> you must look like a hermit crab. I tell you, it was real key fit stuff. There were squats, there were weights, and everything else.
2: <laughs> knackery. Well, we'll have to we'll have to send uh, Elon
0: Musk our uh, regards for actually getting Shan fit. <laughs> but actually, you say that next week. Uh, do you remember uh, about the time last year I started this boot camp thing, this regular sort of exercise, hardcore thing? Yeah. Well, that starts off starts for us next Monday. It starts, so it's going to start all again, all over again. So I'm quite looking forward to it, to be honest, because it's it's a good feeling to know you're getting fitter and have a and feel positive with the, all the endorphins and stuff it brings up. So yeah, cool. Very cool. Um,
2: right. Well, let's have a quick look at what I've been up to. Um, not as much of the as normal. Uh, I'm now up to eighty five percent deadly, so only fifteen percent to go. Yay! Um, and let's see, Star Wars Squadrons. Obviously, have been playing a bit of that now that the uh, the the flight stick bug has been fixed. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think that's about it. I, I'm afraid I've had to do a lot more overtime at work. Uh, than I was expecting to this week. But um, never mind. Moving on from there, um, we're going to quickly talk about the development news that's happened this week. Um, Well, there's been two major things that uh, have turned up. Uh, Monday's stream. Um, Well, first of all, they are wanting to move the, uh, the Super Cruise News section, which normally happens between Twelve and one on a Monday, and um, they want to move that to Tuesday to approximately two till three. Um, this is to give them more time and a less stressful Monday morning. Um, I I don't know about the two till three thing. Anybody else think that's a little too late? I
0: think so, personally.
3: Yeah, because it might be better for Eastern Eastern US time though. Um, well, I wasn't thinking about that because the, the I I
0: don't know about you, and this is a bit naughty to admit, but when ed did his journey home thing at midday on a monday and his biscuit reviews Mm. i would deliberately i would deliberately schedule meetings stuff around so i wouldn't actually have to go to a meeting or on a conference call at midday just so i could make that call Uh, and also it's around lunchtime so i can say i'm at lunch you know i'll give you a call after lunch which is which was true so around the, the, the the lunchtime yeah, was ideal because you could kind of fit it around your day, two to three. That's right in the productivity area, as in I really should be doing some work yeah. after, after you know, after lunchtime. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm with you on that
2: twelve to one. I could actually do that during my lunch hour, take an early lunch. But um, I think from now on, um, that's even outside my flexi time actually. So I can't even. Um, yes, I can't even put it that way. So uh, right. Um, well, Arth has hinted at a Halloween event in the next couple of weeks. He says keep your eyes open for all the places to look for hints. Um, does this mean that uh, we're going to find a community goal to transport pumpkins?
1: Uh, hmm. I mean, keep an eye on all the places. If I was a community manager and I said that, I would probably referring to I'd probably be referring to social media channels.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think of any um Halloween themed named systems or anything like that. Like like for instance pumpkin or
1: or <laughs> I sus I suspect it'll be
2: system or something like that.
1: I suspect it'll be um pumpkin themed paint jobs and when he says keep an eye on the usual places he means keep an eye on our Twitter account blah 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 to see the special pumpkin paint jobs or whatever. That would be that would be my bet.
2: Um, one of the good things that uh, we discovered is that Bruce knows about Blake Seven, <laughs> <laughs> which I think is quite
0: odd for for someone so young <laughs> I thought you had, knowing yeah? about it there's knowing about it and there's knowing about it. So does he think, does he remember Blake seven as in, Oh, it's dodgy sets and whatever, or does he look at it for the groundbreaking sci-fi series? It actually was.
2: Hmm. There's an interesting, uh, there's an interesting thought, isn't it? Right. Um, Apart from uh, Blake seven, now, there's obviously been an issue with the the BGS, uh, which uh, meant there was no tick between Saturday and Monday so far.
1: Um, has this been fixed? Uh, I think it I think it has been fixed. I, I I saw somewhere that it that it was that all everybody all the changes would be would would be implemented with the next tick. Um, I think I might have seen a tweet or or something like that. But citation needed.
2: Ah, uh, right. So, well, good news there, then. Um, I do know that a lot of people were complaining about that missing tick, but they were already, um, they did say, yeah, we know about it, we're trying to resolve it, just bear with us. And, yeah, so fingers crossed that that's in. Um, (laughs) It's quite ironic because my internet connection at the moment is so bad, I can't have... Present live radio and have Elite Dangerous running in the background at the same time, <laughs> so I can't go even go in and check. Um, in other news, we have the Frontier annual report, which is um, Frontier's you know rec- report card to their uh, investors for the last year. Now we do have a couple of positives in this, especially with uh, Elite Dangerous, but. Um, Quickly, uh, the total revenue for 2020 was 76 million, and they know that they've made a profit of about 16 million, which was quite good. Uh, cash balances have increased uh, by 10.4 million to 45.8 million. Now that is that is one heck of a cash reserve. But this is the important thing. Elite Dangerous continues to grow with the success of the recent Fleet Carriers update and helping to, helping to achieve its highest ever player numbers. Elite Dangerous Odyssey is our new paid-for expansion, which is due to launch in Q1 2021. So that means that they haven't actually uh, moved it back, which is a good sign. Uh, but then when we actually go through... Some of their future plans. It seems that thanks to Elite Dangerous's Odyssey, they have plans for Elite Dangerous up to and it looks like beyond 2024, which actually takes it
0: to 11 years old. And that also fits in with a 10 year plan that was touted back a while ago, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it was a 10
2: year plan that they said they've got plans for it for the next 10 years. And we also know for a fact that. Um, horizons took a lot longer than it was supposed to because i think they had part of that 10-year plan was horizon would be one year and then there'd be a
0: a pack every year or something like that but that didn't seem to go to plan however it, oh go on no i was, I was going to jump on to other parts of the, uh, the oh no go go, the, ahead, the, go ahead um yeah as i said the the well, it says twenty twenty four and beyond. Now, of course, what that doesn't necessarily mean is that there will be updates in twenty twenty four in terms of content updates. It could just mean we will support the game until twenty twenty four, and then after that, whoever. So, it was kind of like a, it was kind of like a graph saying, "Don't worry, it's not going anywhere for the next four years." Um, I don't even and- think it's that. I
1: I, I think. The purpose of the graph—it's a financial statement, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Okay, so the, what that's saying is the, the the bars on that graph are revenue streams. All that that all the people I, I've seen quite a few people say like, oh look it means that Odyssey is going to last for two years or whatever. All that means is that they expect Elite Dangerous via Odyssey to generate revenue until at least the end of twenty twenty four. That's all they mean. It doesn't. It doesn't mean that they're going to. Um, it doesn't mean that they're gonna release new content it doesn't mean interstellar initiatives it doesn't mean new uh new features it, it doesn't even necessarily mean new paint jobs it just means that they expect to sell more units until at least the end of 2020,
0: 2020. exactly Sue. i mean so for elite that was kind of the interesting bit for me but there's a few ip they have in there that's interested me the first of all was this formula one uh, management game yeah uh, which will be interesting to see. I mean, if it's modelled after this year and last year, um, the the game will be see who can come second to Lewis Hamilton. Um, <laughs> uh, but anyway, that, that, that was of interest. And Colin, you picked something out about um, security, didn't you? Cyber security, which I thought is quite worth while maybe having a, a quick chat about. Oh, is this? A, um, I think it was Ben who actually
2: brought it up. But they were, they said something about um, despite having a
0: security problem this this year. Yes, and also it can come in many forms. Um, yeah. So when you first brought this up, my first thought was the leak mm. that happened earlier in the year. Because I, I can't. I mean, yes. Why would they talk about a cybersecurity incident if we I and mean, the investors didn't know about it? Yeah. Rule number one is you don't talk about cybersecurity things, do you? Unless it's already out. Yeah, and sense. then, the, and then the statement there is what they're doing about it. Um, so yeah, I, the only thing I can think of uh, was the uh, what was the leak? Yeah. Uh, that
2: I mean, it, it's actually now eighteen months ago this this leak, and at the time because we didn't have any. Uh, any real content to, to talk about? I mean, it's, it has been difficult to uh, not focus on what was in there, and it just, turns out that part of that leak was either wrong or they dropped the functionality from it.
0: Yes, I mean the other the other interesting, interesting thing is uh, David Braben had a twenty thousand pound a year pay ride since the uh, since about two years ago. I mean, yes, he had a big bonus in this, but. Him and the other directors had a pay rise. Um, which is fair news because I think uh, they've done sterling work in really bringing Frontier development on in the last few years. I mean, when when Elite was first launched, they were effectively a single product company. I mean, yes, they did games previously, but. Yeah, there were it was,
2: against, they were you're were a development studio for basically another big publisher. So
1: yeah, they've you been, don't have the control, do you? They've changed incredibly since the, the, like the. I think Elite Dangerous has been a transformative title for them because their pre-elite and post-elite trajectory is breathtaking, mm. really. Uh, they're, you know, they're, they're orders of magnitude larger, um, much much more profitable. Uh, they they've gone from uh, making games for other people to to being a publisher. It's just the, the transition has been enormous. Yeah, I mean, when you
2: actually look at their their uh, their you know their, their actual accounts from just the, the summary view that they've put out, we know the company is stable. They're doing quite well, and um, any time a a company that runs an online game like Elite is stable and doing well is normally uh, a sigh of relief. Uh, for the uh, for the game that is running because uh, there's so many times that I, I've jumped onto an MMO but because the uh, the company underneath didn't do its job properly the game got closed and the company got closed so bye-bye Matrix Online bye-bye Black Prophecy bye-bye
0: Jumpgate so <laughs> I mean just to look at the figures in there uh Rewarding place to work, which is on page thirty-four of this of the sheet. I mean, last year they had one hundred and twenty new joiners. So, mm-hmm. uh, and they've 50, they've increased their headcount by fifty-five percent over the last three years, and, and that's a real credit to the work the company's been doing. Really, because when because we've seen a number of com- games companies under pressure and in yeah. projects and things like that. So to go for that. In the last financial year, right, under twenty people is is really good news. I think. Yeah. Um, oh,
2: it, it does seem that our Ben has uh, uh, had a bit of a crash. We're
0: hoping that we'll he'll make it back at some point. Um, if you if you hear sirens, we were joking about the daddy. The honestly, police, we were joking. <laughs>
2: you mean that basically during on air hit someone has smashed his door down with the universal key and he's been hauled off
0: <laughs> he's been hauled off by the non squad. I couldn't possibly comment, but it's a possible reason. <laughs> Come back, Ben. Make sure that we're all right. <laughs> so um, yeah, it was generally a positive report. Yes. Oh, I thought it was, anyway. It, it also seemed to be more detailed than the one last year, because I, I seem to remember the one last year was, was, wasn't was quite as detailed as this. Maybe I'm not remembering it correctly, but this went into a lot more detail, I think, than last year's. I feel like this was pretty similar to last year's, really. i um, have to go back and look. But to, 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 tonally, it right tonally, it was similar.
1: De- you know, de- decent. Frontier is a bit of a stock market darling, really. Um, and th- this is... You know, sort of st- steady uh steady very, you know quite chunky growth that they can uh that's that they can attribute to to what they've been doing um and uh and sort of ambitious but not un- unrealistic targets for the next couple of years is is kind of their metier when it comes to these statements um Al- and it, it this is of a of a type with last year's i think
0: Am I right in thinking? I'm sure someone will correct me if I'm not. But am I right in thinking that Frontier Developments is now one of the largest independent games producers in the industry, if, or well, certainly in the UK? Because other, uh, games, other, other games in the, definitely the UK,
1: definitely other, the UK. But some, some, some of them are, some of them are very large. I was looking at Larry and Studios the other day. They they employ something like 600 people. Um, and they they are known for really in the last couple of years just Divinity Original Sin two. So like I I, I feel like there who are loads of who publishes though who publishes Divinity? I can't remember. I think they might have self published it actually. Um, citation needed. But um, but anyway, I, I feel like video games is kind of full of that. Like there there are loads of uh, loads of chunky medium sized medium sized companies that have brought out a couple of games and, and and therefore added to their head count quite a lot in the last few years. Yeah. Well,
2: um I think we'll um leave the real world and see what's actually happening in Elite Dangerous itself. Um Presently, there is a CG in progress where the Empire is slamming its blunt hammer to try and catch a few Marlinist terrorists with another combat community goal. And I must admit, they don't seem to be doing very well, the Empire, at the moment, do they? I haven't
1: been following
2: this one. Uh, right, well, basically, the the Empire have decided that um, all Marlinists are, are Badans and therefore are attacking a couple of Marlinist terrorists. Um, Well, they're attacking the Marlinist stations. Um, And, of course, I think everybody else has decided, enough of that empire, you're a bully. Last time I checked, um, the Marlinists were winning by, I think, 11 billion credits earned to about almost 7 billion credits for the empire. And there's only two days left, so one and a half by the time you get to to this.
1: That's interesting, Um, because it's... um uh, it'll be one of the first and like en- Empire insurgent groups that have actually been player supported. Emperor's Dawn and um the other one whose name I always forget that happened a couple <laughs> of years ago. Um, oh yeah, they, they got they got trounced. Absolutely curb stomped, yeah. So this is quite interesting, I think.
2: Yeah. Um
1: and in
2: other Galnet news, Liz Ryder has now been exonerated by the Empire. Um she has uh managed to pass information to them saying listen um i'd had nothing to do with it it was a contract there was no thargoid weaponry in the what i delivered to to this contract and um it turns out this was a dummy uh organization that bought these missiles or bought these bombs so the empire have said okay we believe you even though we tried to capture you and massacre you (laughs) and uh yes they've um so Liz Ride is back in the Empire's good books. <laughs> well, if, if there like are. A,
0: that's like a Star Trek episode, isn't it? Where I don't know the crew uh, member. Yeah, yeah crew <laughs> member gets taken over by an alien entity, murders like half the crew, and then next episode, oh, it, so it wasn't you, really. It's the alien en- en- entity. Why don't you come back to work in security or something like that again? You know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Doctor Doctor Who took the Mickey at that because, well, you know that they've got the big red, they got a uh, they, one of their tricks is just to reset it how it was anyway, but in one episode where the the, the TARDIS was destroyed, the, the last second, they gave the they, they did a time hole past the big red reset button to the previous uh, the Doctor at the beginning of the episode who just pressed it, and that's it it's as if the entire episode never happened <laughs> that's the kind of thing it feels like um there are some complaints on the forums that uh as you say that the the rewards uh seem to be stacked in certain ways so that um certain results are expected out of these CGs, to be honest I mean Shan have you do you
0: get that impression it's hard to know whether they are <sighs> yeah I guess so so I was thinking it through
1: I'm gonna completely uh-huh. agree with what Shan is thinking I think <laughs> What was I thinking then? I think you were about to say something like "don't don't attribute to deliberate action what can be ably ex- explained by incompetence" or something like less cruel, which is and which mirrors my thinking, which is I don't think that actually the mouse is being herded towards a particular exit from the maze. I think actually that just that frontier have a limited capacity to think through how appealing their rewards will be. And um, and uh, and actually, I think that what's happening is Frontier are de- designing CGs. Uh, they don't actually have a particularly good grasp of which is going to be the most popular outcome, or even possibly care that much because they've already they've already planned multiple endings. Um, and um, and players are deciding for themselves what's the most uh, appealing option out of the possible rewards. Is my yeah. uh, is my take on it.
2: So, and, is, and, what are you oh, meaning, Sam? Just, um, just let me go back and check because we're getting shouted at by people in the chat room at the moment. Um, oh, current progress. Oh, this is interesting. Um, they've only got to reward to uh, level two as the Marlinists, even though they've they've earned almost thirteen billion credits. However, if this is stats from the uh, um, the. Uh, the forum at the moment, so uh, it could be slightly out of date. Uh, yet the empire itself is already on reward tier three, yet it's only earned eight billion credits. So, does it go on the highest reward
0: tier or does it go on the most credits earned? Maybe imperial credits are just worth more, you know, like the the pound to the dollar or something like that. It's going <laughs> to. <laughs> no, credits are credits, or the bank of Zeons, isn't it? Well, I'm not so sure, slightly tongue-in-cheek, because we learned last week that um, there'll be a different currency for Odyssey upgrades, so maybe the Imperial credits are like the Triganic Q, is what we talked about last week. Uh,
1: yeah. I, I, have a, I have a correction for that. Kaizen, uh, who's become my source of correct information these days, is... Um, oh, thanks. Thank you very much. <laughs> has assured... Well, Play Radio certainly is not. <laughs> has uh, assured me that um actually there is not going to be a another currency to buy the base suits and things uh, the suits are going to be uh buyable with um uh regular credits it's the upgrades that will be uh, that need a new currency and the new currency is not is not like new is is not like a new credit alternative the new currency is is like basically just new engineering materials so tldr you'll be able to buy According to Kaizen, you'll be able to buy, um, I don't know where, where he knows this from, uh, you'll be able to buy uh, the base suits with credits, probably nominal, nominal amounts, um, but it will be the upgrades that need new gubbins. And the new gubbins is, is not a new currency. It's just, it's just new in- engineering materials.
0: Well, effectively it is, isn't it? Because each engineering material, you could argue, is a currency in its own right.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, but you can't. Well,
0: yeah, it's only something that you can earn because
2: you can't trade them. Well, you can trade them with the uh, the brokers, but
1: you can't trade them with players. And you can, yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't. Yeah, it's, it's another collectible. Anyway, I, that, I mean, that to me, that's not as bad
2: as having I don't know micro credits that you can't translate up into normal credits. I mean, that. Yeah, I agree. I, that wasn't it. Well, just,
0: just a thought. Um, wouldn't it be fun if you could loot these engineering materials off other players' dead bodies?
1: No! No, it would not be fun! Uh,
2: Well, this is the thing, because we don't know what the death uh, mechanics are going to be. I mean, I have a sneaking suspicion that Shan really, really would have liked Ultima Online, where you would basically kill someone and steal all their stuff, and that person would have to start right from the very beginning. Good. (laughs) Good. Uh right, we're gonna move along. Right. Yeah, Kaizen is is being a bit grumpy with me at the moment because he's uh, apparently I thought it went on the number of credits. It doesn't, it's going on the reward level. So that means the Empire is winning, even though they're not earning as much. Interesting. I didn't realise that. Yeah, neither did I actually. Although Arth has said that he's gonna look into that because um uh it's I mean, you would have thought if you are winning by twelve billion to to eight or thirteen billion to eight, then
0: you see that sounds like Trumpian mathematics to me. I'm way behind in the opinion polls, but I'm still you know I'm still winning.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh meow!
2: Ah <laughs> uh, dear, I'm not, I'm not going to go into politics because I uh, the ooh, it's yeah
0: right. Yeah, let's be clear.
2: We've covered that, Ben. Thank you. Right, he's not joining us, but he is—he is listening in on on Twitch while all this is happening. So, and so
0: making, Ben is like Stuttler and Waldo in the Muppets, is he? Just like looking from above and mocking us.
2: Yeah, but that makes me Fuzzy Bear, and and I'm—I can—I can get a joke out. Fuzzy Bear can't. Colin Fuzzy Bear. No, we've <laughs> already got a Fuzzy. <laughs>
0: Our was a bear that <laughs> was the second tech who still hasn't returned. Or right, are you gonzo? No, because gonzo was your turn <laughs> the presenter, Don't make me join this.
1: Are you speaking inside a lead pipe, then? Oh, he's gone again.
0: He's gone again. No, he's inside a Group 4 security van. This is Jim's given off Scotland, yeah. Yeah.
1: Sorry, guys, the, uh, this... <laughs> This unmarked van that the police have dispatched to arrest me is really echoey.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the roses have got him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh,
1: dear.
2: Oh, dear. Oh, dear. No. Oh, dear. Uh, Live Radio will uh, officially say that um, our head of health and safety is not uh, considered uh, to be of any interest to the non-squad whatsoever. Seriously. That makes me
0: sound worth Colin. Yeah, like, I know.
1: Yeah, yeah, he thinks he does protest too much
0: <laughs> that's like saying nothing of interest happened here today at all
1: <laughs> exactly and then we should add a disclaimer to the show at the end or maybe at the beginning of every show just so you know Ben Moss Woodward is not a threat he, is, he's, he, shouldn't, he shouldn't be considered a threat
0: <laughs> oh no he's taping sus Ben, the- ben, <laughs> ben Moss Daddy Woodward <laughs> Oh,
4: dear. Oh, God. Oh.
2: Oh. But us, actually, Ben, I'm really sorry. I, I, this has gone a little bit too far.
1: Right. I'm not I'm not sorry. I think it's hilarious.
2: <laughs> uh, you've made me forget where we are now. Where's the show notes? Ah, oh, right.
0: We have show notes.
2: <laughs> we have show notes. Um, yeah. Yeah. So we're going to leave the, the community go for a moment. It'll be interesting to see what the next stage is, is going to be in this. I mean, on the other side, um, in the federal, uh, storyline that's happening at the moment, um, it turns out that yes, the, uh, the technician was only following orders and they've gone and arrested a very close friend of the president himself, um, a admiral. If I remember rightly, so I mean, how do you feel that the storyline on the Federation is progressing? I think this is really cool. This is really exciting. Do you feel that they've been, they have been taking the time to actually sit down and plan this? Because this doesn't, this doesn't feel like um, anything that people are sort of
1: making up as they go along. I think they've planned it. All, I, th- I think they've planned it all the way, all the way through.
0: It was, it was interesting actually. Um, many years ago, I was speaking to Michael Brooks, LateCon, um, late one evening, after many drinks, but anyway, he was talking about you know when they um, when a player found Jack Station by looking at the map for population. Oh yes, yes. Um, well, uh, apparently they had a whole load, a campaign basically planned around what happened to Jack. So they're going to have like a community goals where it was almost like you had to decide whether you were for the terrorists that would make Jack miss jump or you again there's a whole storyline months and months worth of content and play and thing worked out yeah. around finding jack station but then so some smart alec player decided to use the galactic map and find it thus wiping out all this planning and stuff they've done so what what can he on the face of it seemed um quite innocuous I just mm-hmm. it misjumps. There's very probably an awful lot of storyline planning behind that that if the players do a certain thing can it or goes out the window.
2: Yeah. Michael Brooks was telling me that they, they had the same thing planned with Empire Dawn that that went and also the fact that people found the guardian ruins just from the um, from the trailer meant that some of the things they had planned for that went out the window so if there are times when you know when they when the uh, people are go hacking into the code to try and find out secrets uh, and then put them out on the net it it, it does have a detrimental
0: effect on uh, future gameplay well what it does mean though, and I'm looking slightly optimistic is it means they can reuse some of the content and so it's been here, like, for example, Hall Emperor's Dawn mm. plot you were talking about could be possibly adapted to this one.
2: You're quite true. Yeah, quite true. Because, you know, uh, if the opportunity comes up uh, where you have the similar set of circumstances, yeah, might as well dust off the old plot lines and, and put them in as long as no one's seen them before. So... Yeah, got a good point there.
1: <laughs> that actually Van- might be why they keep they keep rolling out insurgency groups in the Empire, because they really want to get through this Emperor's Dawn content. <laughs> I like
2: this. Van Otter has said In other words, ED would be great if it wasn't for those pesky players. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> those meddling kids. Oh, no.
5: <laughs> oh,
2: oh. Uh, that was a Scooby Doo reference and nothing to do with her.
0: <laughs> Never mind. Right. Ben would have what Ben would have got away with it hadn't been for kids meddling kids. (laughs) I was going to
2: do that joke, but I stopped myself, Shan. I stopped myself so that it it wouldn't go down to that level. But you had to drag us down there. It got a laugh. (laughs) Oh dear! Yeah, short title this this week. I'm sorry.
0: It's actually Suverin's fault. It is my fault. If he, if he hadn't told us about um, Ben's pseudonym, I don't think it would have <laughs> gone a particular way. Oh, is is that Ben back? It is Ben
2: back. I don't know.
3: It is me back. I, are, am I back? <laughs> you are, are you back. Here, ben? Have, I, have I returned?
0: <laughs> so did, did you get bail? <laughs> <laughs> oh,
3: I, I just had to... um Services rendered. and time off for good behaviour.
0: Yeah, sure. <laughs> so, where did the advert for a replacement health and safety come? happen? oh dear. Right
2: now that Ben's back, we can carry on at last. <laughs> um, moving on to the turning the wheel initiative, um, uh, the Dark Wheel are trying to replace Orverve Universal Limited with their faction for the leave system and the old war world's portion of their experiment. They've been hit by a lack of tick, which obviously we discussed that earlier, but essentially they're trying to boost us while reducing the OUL's influence. Now this is quite a tricky balancing act because um, I do believe as at the Lave Radio Network do not want to do too well because that would force us into an expansion. And the one thing that we always said was that no, the Lave Radio Network is just staying in Lave. We're not going anywhere else. So we don't want to and let's accidentally face it, go,
0: on. go on with
3: this. Lo- with this lockdown, we're all in. Some of us are expanding well enough. Thank you very much.
0: <laughs> Does that mean you to have to buy a new Teletubby suite, Ben? Oh, thank-
3: thankfully, I only had to buy
2: that the other week. Uh, oh, since, since we're talking about the Teletubby and that we. Put out a community question last week saying which member of the crew looks like which Teletubby. We have to, it was it, um, Alec Turner who sent us that wonderful image <laughs> of us as Teletubbies. It's brilliant, it's so good. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, I'm having nightmares about that. It's just, oh, there we are. Apparently, what's the red one? That's Ben, that's Poe. Shan's the green one. We don't have a black one, but apparently in this picture there's a black
0: one, and that's Soof, and I'm the yellow one. Black Teletubbies matter. Sounds about right. So, actually, um, actually, no, it's the, is the black Teletubby. Is that Teletubbies of the next generation. Because <laughs> there were was two, wasn't there? There, there was the original Teletubbies, and then there was a like, remade it. Was it like they? Teletubby TNG? No. Yeah, yeah there's Teletubby TNG. Bullshit. i i think you're making stuff up now sean
1: yeah i
0: agree he's just doing this to, to no, wind it up. It up no look it up I Read read teletubbies
1: all right i'm in front of a computer let's do this <laughs> <laughs> man
2: looking up stuff on computer is great podcast material
3: <laughs> so uh, in the, in- have you got safe search turned on
2: In the meantime, we'd just like to wish Zach Antonacci happy birthday because it was his birthday this week.
3: Um, And, of course, Frontier... We've we've got some other news, actually, about Zach. Oh, go on, then. So, as people who follow us on Twitter and Facebook and places like that might know, we are actually looking for another tech monkey. And a certain Mr. Zach Antonacci did publicly uh, apply In the um, elite dangerous community section on Facebook, so you know we we might we might be having a Don Antonacci joining us as our tech monkey.
1: Hey! Oh,
2: that's that would be scary.
3: No, (laughs) I I, I, I just it would be awesome, and I I love the idea of having Zachara or Bruce doing tech for us one night. I think it would be great fun. He could patch you through
0: <laughs> to the Frontier Studio. I, I'm I'm sorry, but judging by Arthur's
2: efforts in in, in the live streams so far, um, every single one he's they, they live up to job. our
3: expectations.
2: All right. So basically, because he screws up so much, he's perfect for radio.
3: Precisely. Of course.
2: <sighs> I keep on forgetting about and the lack of professionalism that we have on the show.
3: Norman, people are asking if they can see Alec Turner's um, Teletubby mashup. Yeah, do I you thought have we'd. A uh, or do you want me to? Uh, you want done, to you. No, I've done it. It's oh, on now. There we go. We've got it. Oh, oh my now. God. I'm looking at
2: it now. <laughs> that, really that is, is the that you, is stuff of nightmares, that is.
3: It really is.
2: <laughs> oh, dear. Um, yeah. Okay, ham that, that's that, you asked for that. That's
3: scary Kelly tobbies.
2: <laughs> Jonathan T-Time says, right, that's that's cursed. <laughs> and I think we have our page yeah. for...
3: <laughs> Why would you make that? <laughs> Why wouldn't you make that?
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, terrifying, but I do see the resemblance. <laughs>
3: <laughs> hey, John Stable's here. Hi. Is, oh. I assume that's, I assume that's the, the, the John Stabler. Yeah, our Isn't Chief it, of what Operations. the hell are you doing there, and why aren't you in here? Yes, yeah,
2: our
0: Chief of Operations. What are you doing over there? Having enough time on Diso or something? <laughs> um, Sue, am I right about Teletubby's TNG?
1: I don't think it's been re- remade. I've been Googling, and I can't find... Uh, I, I saw a, an article from 2015 saying it was being remade, but nothing about it being remade.
0: No, and there's a uh, revival series... And there's telly uh, tiddly tubbies now. Oh dear lord! Uh,
3: anyway, we, we move on from in disturbing things.
0: Oh, let's let's
2: move on. Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's just let's just moved on from this because basically it's. I'm sorry, um, Norman. You can definitely take that photograph down now. Please do. I'm not going to be able to sleep I well tonight. I still
3: can't
1: see it. It's <laughs> yeah. trivia for you. Um, Blue tack works really
0: well as a, an eraser. It does, yes. A white tack is better. Is it? Interesting. A white tack has less oils, so it doesn't leave the, the little stain marks on the walls. You know when you put a poster up and you take it off, mm. yes, the oils from the blue tack will seep into the wallpaper. And leave Interesting. So that's why you use white tack. Right.
2: Well, I am looking now at the latest newsletter, um, which was 303. So, again, we are pulling ahead of the number of newsletters in in, in number. Um, in this, they cover, of course, the last Dev Diary 2. Uh, they, uh, they cover the fact that on the 27th of October, everybody gets Horizons, whether you want it or not. Um the, they announced the winners of the 300th newsletter competition. Yes. Um, special congratulations go out to Colin, who received the money camp by Elite Dangerous deck. That's not me. I'll just point out, I wish it was, but that's not me. Um, of course, Super Cruise New Seven, <laughs> they went and showed everyone bounty hunting, and of course, these wonderful Asp Explorer and T6, um, salvage paint job schemes. Um, so yeah, there's, uh, the, the, the fleet admiral Vincent has been named as this, uh, the Starship One Saboteur. And of course, um, a lot of other stuff about the community goal and even a mentioned to the dark wheel turning, uh, is in the newsletter. That's one thing we might be able to, to ask Kaizen about. I mean, how does he feel about turning up in the newsletter? Cause we were discussing that, you know, people who put effort into the, into creating these player-run goals suddenly appearing in the newsletter. That must be give them a good feeling.
1: How do you feel about it, Kaizen? Hit us with your opinions. He's not yeah, saying he's, anything.
0: He's oh, not saying anything. He's actually silent.
1: I'll impersonate him. I can't impersonate him. Uh, no, you, can't, you can't impersonate a Marine. <laughs> no, absolutely not. I, I will put words <laughs> in his mouth, yeah. I think he, uh I think he was proud and thrilled. <laughs> oh,
0: not thrilled and proud? No, definitely
2: uh, not. Do, do we have a, a chief of operations arriving?
4: Yeah, yeah, I don't make a big deal about it. Okay? I've just showing up this evening because I've been playing elite. So you, we, need, we need to pipe him in, Colin. <laughs> need to pipe him in, yeah. Uh, there's no theme tune for me or anything. I, I hope not, anyway. I'm,
2: I'm quite sure, John, we will we will be able to find one quite quickly.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Please, no, because it'll be like the Benny Hill theme or something. So. <laughs> How <laughs> um,
3: are you doing, John?
4: Uh, yeah, yeah, good, good. And um, it's it's amazing because uh, I've been playing Elite with my brother the last few nights, um, mm. trying to get back into it, because um, we're both excited about Odyssey, I guess. Um, and we kind of we well we just missed the game as it was anyway uh because it's always real life that drags me away from the game so, yeah um, uh, i'm just glad to be back so i'm actually gonna i, I just want to listen to you guys so i'm gonna stay here and i'm gonna mute myself and if i've got anything interesting to say which will be unlikely uh-huh. i'll say something but i'm <laughs> um... not
3: saying anything interesting yet seriously <laughs>
4: <laughs> well back back Have in the old days to to the for Back in the old days of Lave Radio, we never had anything interesting to say, and it never stopped us. uh, (laughs) It's the same now. But these days, days, it's only interesting people on Lave Radio who've got something interesting to say. Or that's what I've heard anyway.
2: Okay. Um, We'll let John then um, mute himself and hide in the background. Guys, I think we're on evaluation. You know, the chief of... He's there with a clipboard. We're being evaluated.
4: Right, well, I'm, I'm keeping Ben, because he did a good joke earlier about being fat in lockdown. He managed to segue from an elite joke to being fat in lockdown, so he's staying. The rest of you, I'm going to be marking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear.
5: <laughs>
4: right, uh, moving on, then... <laughs>
2: colin's feeling under pressure now i am feeling under pressure now (laughs) right um moving on uh i think well actually on that note we'll take a bit of a break and we'll come back with our main discussion uh, about um the extra questions which were uh answered by frontier
3: earlier eddie lee wise here Our family-run business looks after all your sartorial needs. Whether you need something to turn your pink python purple, or you want to wrap your buns up in a nice tight flight suit, my husband Ken can sort you right out. He's an expert at inside leg, and my wife Barb's is a whiz with a sewing machine. Bespoke tarting for you and your ship. Visit Eddie and Sons, plus my daughters, at Lave Station. Right, sir. Cough, please. (coughs) This is a public service announcement from the Fuel Rats. Please stop what you're doing and pay attention. If we can rescue you, we will. But you can help us help you by following these easy steps. 1. Fly 50 light seconds or so from the system's main star and drop out of supercruise; 2. Note down the current system and the nearest stellar body. 3. If you're on emergency life support, log out immediately. 4. Go to fuelrats.org and click Get Help. 5. stay calm hold your breath and let our seasoned professionals do what they do best the fuel rats we have fuel you don't any questions
4: is your life like this <clears throat> it could be like this
5: hey,
3: Astrogator Tours put some excitement back in your life. Walk an adventure in the late business right. Now
2: and welcome back. Now, apparently, we did miss one small item of frontier-related news. Um, David Braben uh, tweeted uh, earlier today that um, he tweeted Elon Musk to. Uh, he said he'd love to talk to you about something. Please DM me if you have a chance. Now, the, the, everybody has been speculating that uh, that um, he's maybe going to ask whether or not he's actually close to inventing the hyperdrive, but. I think most people realise it might be something to do with how close that Tesla Roadster is to Mars at the moment, or even if it's going to land on Mars. I think it's- he's-
1: I-, I-, I think he wants to know why Elon Musk named his daughter after one of Elite Dangerous's procedural planets.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, the- there are 400 billion of them out there, so um, one of them's bound to match. What did he? The,
3: the- So the Tesla Roadster is only getting to 0.05 of an AU distance, which is still pretty damn far away.
0: Or pretty close in a cosmic scale.
3: In a cosmic scale, but yeah, you know, in a cosmic scale, the moon's just, like, missing the Earth as well. But, you know, we're fairly safe, really.
0: I wonder if it is actually putting the remains of the Tesla. Maybe they just have, like, a floating spacesuit. Around, but it would be, it would be a, a suitable place to put something like that Tesla Roadster in and around Mars because they couldn't put it on Mars because obviously Mars is permit locked. You can't land on this. He'd never see it, but having something within 0.05 AU of Mars for players to find is definitely doable. Yeah. And you you know what this
2: dot are like. As soon as you hint that uh, it's it's there, they will go looking.
3: Yeah, I and mean, it's still what seven seven and a half mil seven and a half million kilometres away from Mars.
2: So it has missed Mars. It's not going to hit Mars.
3: Yeah, and that was the closest appro- point of closest approach, which was actually a week a week ago.
2: Oh right, so it's now past Mars and ke- and keeping on going.
3: And it's n- it's now actually heading back towards Earth. I think. Guys, I mean,
4: is the elite community full of conspiracy theorists? Because I'm wondering if the most obvious reason that he would tweet him is that David Braben has bought a Tesla electric car and it's broken. and He just just thinks it's quicker to get it fixed by going straight to the guy at the top. I think it's
0: pretty presumptuous if he is doing that way. There are quicker ways of getting support. It's usually a mobile phone and book an engineer to come out. I don't know. I don't own a Tesla,
4: but if okay. it's anything he like some other car companies, it takes a long time. So just go uh, straight to the CEO if you can.
2: <laughs> the ironic factor is that Shan is probably the expert on
4: this, so <laughs> it's I would defer to his expertise.
0: <laughs> oh dear. Well, oh, you could you could, uh, you could talk about a star as well. He could have gone to Polestar, which um, again is an astronomical thing, and also an EV. I wonder, I mean,
2: what state's that car going to be in at the moment? I mean, it's been pummeled by radiation. It's been pummeled by um, obviously micro meteorites. I don't know.
0: Maybe it, it was ceramic
1: coated. <laughs> 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 at least there won't be this bird shit on it. <laughs> I bet no. your seagull
3: still managed to find it.
1: Seagull <laughs> <Siegel's
4: laughs> <not> found it. <laughs> yeah, oh dear. Well, we know it's not going to have rusted, at least. But, I'd imagine um, the
3: paint will have all been blasted, or in parts the paint will have been blasted off, I'd imagine.
4: But I'm guessing solar radiation would uh, ionise the metal.
0: Uh, it'd be
4: quite interesting to see.
3: Rubber's going to be pretty happen. smacked up.
0: Uh, we did just to get raided, by the way. We did? Oh, well, welcome hello. to all our raiders. Who who raided us?
3: Uh, help you. Uh, I've, I've lost it.
2: Commander Emulated Penguin has raided us with a party of 56. Thank you,
0: Emulated Penguin.
3: How do you emulate a penguin? You, just, just, you, could just use a, you could just use a Linux box.
0: No, what you could do is you just put, um, you just put Ben in a tux and a jacket.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right, he's gone from totally I think Van Dyke
3: the- wasn't as he did that.
2: No, I'm just
0: thinking of Danny DeVito now.
4: No, yeah, I think of Burg- nothing like Danny DeVito.
0: I think of Burgess Meredith, oh. the original Penguin. <laughs> mm. Right. We will we will move on from
2: um, <laughs> penguins and Teslas and um, <sighs> someone else put a comment in here that um, uh, what if. Uh, <laughs> David Braven would like to put a small Cobra Mark III replica in space. Send that up on the, on Starship X.
4: Oh, I like that idea.
2: Uh, that'd be a good one. I mean, yeah. How about the the um, the model that uh, the third scale model that was at the launch party? Put that in space.
0: <laughs> I, I'm just trying to remember. Someone told us how much per kilo it costs to put something in space on, and it's some literally astronomical figure. So it would probably oh, drain. Suspended. Yeah, it would probably drain Frontier's cash reserves dry to put it that, that. Do you think that's? Space. Do you think that's what the cash reserves are for? <laughs> they've got,
2: they've
4: got what forty million so far. <laughs> saving up to send a Cobra into space. Yeah, we were going to give you PvP, but that's cancelled now. <laughs> put something into space.
3: Yeah, I know what David wants to do. Actually, David wants to be the first person to write a video game. About space whilst in space.
4: So they
2: want to. Well, why don't they just send up copies of Elite Dangerous to the International Space Station? Because he
3: wouldn't Station? be coding it up there. You know, he wants to do his development on the ISS.
0: <laughs> well, that really is remote working, isn't it? <laughs> oh. <laughs>
2: uh, you'll have to go on solo because the internet from ISS down to the bottom wouldn't work, would it? It would not be good. Enough. Yeah, but you can you could blame lag all the time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, maybe this is a secret announcement. If he's developing up there, he's developing offline mode. <laughs> too soon?
0: No,
3: <laughs> never too soon. Oh uh, dear. <laughs> could also be. I think, we, we, I think we've.
0: Uh, I think we just need to take a, a moment to pause and consider this episode now, I believe, holds the late radio record for the most time it takes us to get to the main topic. (laughs) Possibly. Yes. Yes.
4: I don't Um, know. I might dispute that one because we used to take a long time to get to anything.
3: Okay. So back in the day, you lot used to start recording at like seven in the evening and still not actually have reached the topic of conversation by one in the morning.
4: Yeah, but we used yeah, to but, edit it yeah, down. Yeah. <laughs> edit out all the
0: all the crap. All the good bits. All the good bits. <laughs> so today's show is gonna be three minutes long.
3: Ah, <laughs> uh, basically, yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but now now you see John, we have baby son Colin oh, to God, no. keep us all in check and stop us just rambling on about nonsense for too long. Yeah,
2: well unfortunately, um I think it was Tai and Kaizen have both observed I'm more like the, um, what is it, the last minute substitute teacher that comes in and has no idea how to control the class. And it very much feels like it on this episode, that's for sure.
4: Oh, I think you guys are doing a great job. Uh, it's It's come on leaps and bounds. It's all on Twitch and it's on YouTube now. The only thing missing, and this is what surprised me, was if this was like a really hardcore like Twitch stream or YouTube stream, when the question of David Braben putting something into space came up, you should have said, okay, viewers, uh, we're going to open a poll now. What, do you, what ship do you think David <laughs> Braben should put into space? And then you'd have had a massive flame war in, in, in the comments saying, it should be the crate, no, the cobra,
0: a cobra I think, Mark 4. I, I think <laughs> I, I think you need to... Um, John, I think you need to move with the times. The, the way to do this now is to write an open letter on Reddit and the forums. Oh, I forgot about
4: Reddit, yeah.
0: And then everyone has to boycott Frontier after for some reason that
4: I can't think of.
2: That was <laughs> about the same, really, isn't it? Uh, right, well... As part of our main topic, uh, Stephen Benedetti, uh, put up, um, a additional reply to, uh, the Dev Diary 2, which is forging your cap, your path recap. Um, so basically these were, um, some extra questions that, uh, people asked and they've gone into a little bit more detail about each of these. So, um, I'm going to start off with, uh, obviously the first one, which is will commanders be able to get out and explore smaller stations or just spaceports? Now, I thought this one was already been answered, but he's gone into some specific detail. Planet sports,
0: spaceports and outposts. Shan- in terms of whether they are saying we would actually be able to walk around with the outposts and, and that, do we think the interiors are going to substantially change if it's in an outpost? Because station interiors we know change depending on what the colony is and what the um, affiliation of the station is. But do you think they'll have different interiors for outposts? I mean, for example, will a pirate outpost have a different look than a scientific outpost? Do you think they'll go that far?
2: Well, I'm hoping they will, because you, you do come across pirate outposts with, you know, the little what, skull and crossbones going around on a red um, neon sign at the top. But they seem to be norm. They don't seem to have any effect on the gameplay, you know. So if if you dock at one of those, they're they're happy to have you, even though you're you're not a pirate. I would have thought that you know you could only dock with those if you are uh, basically got uh, a bounty against you or notoriety
0: or something. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see whether they're actually done as assets, depending on the type of station, or even will they change to the type of system. So will a um, a system that's in anarchy, will the outpost interior look like um one of the raider ships, for example? Hmm. And all very spiky and rusty. So it would be interesting to see how they do it. I I really hope they do make the effort to do the different assets because it would somehow break, I think, the, I hate these word immersion, but it just wouldn't seem right to have a nice, shiny interior of a station when the when the outside was all piratey and whatever yeah was anybody else think about that
1: i think outposts are the interesting one because they're the ones that don't have a, a an interior that we can get a close look at yet um the the only outpost interior that we can see is the glass roof of the commercial one i think if i'm wrong um and that shows uh a few ships in what looks like a a showroom, and there's a there's an anaconda and a cobra and a uh, I think an eagle. Um, and they are I've got really really close to them in VR in the in the in the vanity camera. And uh, they're very low poly models, um, and I don't think they're in scale. The, the anaconda is too small, for example. I think um, so. You know, for the orbises and the ocelises and stuff like that, okay. they, they, we we can already we we already fly through those spaces. So presumably, one of those buildings will be changed to a social space. But the, the outposts are the interesting ones because that is a completely blank slate. We've got no idea
0: what the interior of those looks like, except that one thing that I just mentioned. But that would be really cool, wouldn't it? If you if you like dock at the um, the space showroom and you could walk around the ships and then some. Um, sales robot comes out that you have to haggle with and then goes away and he says excuse me shan i need to go and talk to the manager then he comes back a bit and whatever
1: <laughs> i think the um i think the the commercial one that you can see the interior of it i'm pretty sure that's placeholder because it looks so um i can't imagine we'll be able to walk around that because it wouldn't it wouldn't hold up to those to those scales um so i am really interested to see what they do with outposts the other thing is that uh, actually this is going to be the thing that interests me the most probably um Orbises and Ocelluses have, um, and Coriolises have uh, have artificial, not artificial gravity. Sorry, they have um, they have sort of the equivalent of gra- gravity rotational gravity. Yeah, because they spin. Um, outposts do not. Um, so, you know, we, we've seen the, a few uh, the last couple of years. Frontier have dropped a couple of updates in when apparently the the world building team have or whoever's in charge of the kind of the 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 bible for. Um, the universe of elite has not been talking to the art team. And we've seen assets dropped in that don't make a lot of sense within the game's rules. Like, for example, um, uh, boxes piled neatly up in uh, fleet carriers which don't spin or have artificial gravity. Um, It's going to really interest me whether the outposts, social spaces, have um, gravity or not. You know, whether you're going to see bars with bottles standing neatly on shelves and that kind of thing. You kind of get away with it with players by just waving your hands and saying they're all wearing mag boots. But in terms of the environment design, you know, you've know, you either got gravity in it or its equivalent, or you haven't. Um, it will be fascinating for me to see how they handle those outpost interior spaces.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's actually been a, a big issue on the forums at the moment. It's a big thread there saying, um, please don't do a Star Wars and have artificial gravity. How are you going to actually handle gravity on the outposts? To which everybody has replied, sort of mag boots. Because that's what, the, which that's what the law is supposed to be.
1: It is, but I haven't seen evidence in the last few updates that that anybody in the, in Frontier's art team thinks about this stuff. <laughs> you know, the the, the crate mark 2 has a has an espresso has has a has a clearly what what is clearly a gravity fed espresso machine with a cup hanging off it. Like you know, you, you do need somebody, you do need somebody in the production pipeline who's further downstream than art or upstream from art. To say, hold on, you can't have that. You're in space. Do you know what I mean? Like, and that that's been absent. So I'm 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 really hopeful that we see that kind of attention to detail come back into the game because arguably it's one of the things that I like most about it.
4: I find it hard to believe that somebody can create a ship's model with an espresso machine and and somebody other than the art department hasn't seen it. Yeah, you'd think, wouldn't you? You know, um, now I'm actually going to go, Tara. I know there's a lot of hard sci-fi people in the elite community but uh you know david braben talked about the only was it the only lie or the only contrivance being the hyperdrive um that might have to change yeah they may just have to retcon in that suddenly they have discovered artificial gravity
1: maybe Uh, it'll be more than that It'll fly in the face of everything they said in the dev diaries. Um, they could do, but, you know, they, they've, they've ripped up the rule book before. It would be a but big I mean, departure, it, though. It,
4: it, I've seen, you know, these stations with people in, and, and people are walking around having a great time, and it's something that I've always looked forward to since the Kickstarter. Um, but you can't have a bar with mag boots, because, <laughs> you know, you've got to have something to keep your whiskey in your shot glass as well.
2: So <laughs> no, there is a good point. I mean, I must admit, in my fiction, that I, I've always had it so that the you the, the you don't have glasses. You've got these kind of containers uh, that. Homie
0: sippy, sippy
3: Yeah, basically straws, sippy cups. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Basically, these kind of clear sippy cup things that uh, you can brew your coffee in and, and have it that way, which is pretty similar to the sort of astro astronaut food that you have at
0: the moment. So. I was just thinking of sorry, Connor. Just thinking of other conceits. The the bag of holding you have in your suit, or oh, sorry, in your ship. Uh-huh. When you when you, you know how it mysteriously can hold thousands and thousands of materials. Oh right, yes. And not take up any 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 weight, and how it mysteriously survives ship destruction, even when your astronomical data doesn't. So, <laughs> there's things like that. Yeah, your universe seems to survive
1: that's not internal consistency that's just that's just the sacrifices we make to make a video game Mm -hmm. you know things things like oh i got i got killed and yet i'm still alive you know yeah okay it's a video game like you can't i i think there's i think there's separate issues like one is the 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 nods to the nods to gamification that we that we make because hey ho we've made a game like the fact that you know you can't die permanently. and Yeah, you don't, True and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Exactly. Yeah. The and, the, and the other one is the, and the other one is the, 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 the sort of the fundamental kind of law parameters that the, the fictional universe relies upon. And, and they were very, very clear. They were very emphatic that they would be as hard sci-fi as they could in the early days. And, the, and that the, that super crews hyperspace were going to, going to be the only hand wavium really, you know, and they've got, they've got law, or at least they had law explanations for everything else that was, you know, all, all the other bits of future tech. Um, so I don't think it's, uh, I, I don't think you can compare it to something like, oh, I've still got all my materials despite my ship being blown up, because that's just, that's just game stuff.
2: Yeah. I mean, when it comes into handling gravity properly, Uh, In this game, we know that the ships handle as they're supposed to in high G worlds, um, as many a splatted cow will uh, testify. But, um, of course, walking around on a 7G planet, which I think we've discussed on on several occasions, um, you're going to have to have one of these really expensive spacesuits that can actually stop you from just being reduced to a puddle of goo and i don't think anybody's interesting
1: that that is a really interesting point i it's i don't think frontier have clarified that have they
2: no you see that's the thing they haven't clarified anything about how um your commander is going to be able to walk around on um anything more than a two or three g planet um Mm -hmm. a lot of the uh, sci-fi authors have come up with you know explanations um which, you know, if you if you like, the the books are considered, I don't know, not genuine canon, because I think they've, they've, there's been a couple of things that have been let through, but, um, you know, because there is a difference to the way things are in the game. But, uh, yeah, they, they haven't actually turned around and said, um, no, for this world, you will need to buy this spacesuit that will stop you from basically crumpling into a, a puddle of goo.
4: Uh, it's 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 quite interesting the way that Frontier deal with hard sci-fi. Um, you know, they they admit straight out that you know, supercruise and the hard drive, sorry, the hyperdrive, were you know the one thing they're going to let through. Um, but they're always on a knife edge because how do we know in a month's time that someone doesn't actually discover artificial gravity for real? Like- True. You know, and so what would they do then? Um, Because like a massive chunk of their hard sci-fi, you know, all these spinning stations would become junk overnight. So I'm not actually completely against them taking some liberties. And so, for instance, we were talking about the small space stations, Mm -hmm. which don't rotate. Yep. And now we're going to be able to hopefully walk around them soon. You know, I wouldn't blame them if they did add the one, that feature one. add in the the artificial gravity hand-wavium because it makes for a, a you know a better game, a more consistent game. I know there's some people that wouldn't like it because it's no longer that old hard hard sci-fi, but maybe it just needs to be done.
2: Ben, yeah, interesting point. Yeah, it was just quickly, Ben, what had something to say there?
3: So one thing that I would love is to deal with gravity in outposts by not dealing with it. Let us float around the damn place. Let us, you know, sure, maybe we can have mag boots, but I want to float around as well. I want, essentially, I'd love zero-G combat, and we're going to need some kind of zero-G body manipulation if we ever want to have a dream of doing EVAs. So they're going to have to get that mechanic into the game.
2: So basically for this particular bit, personal jetpacks.
3: Personal jetpacks would work. Handholds at the station so you can pull yourself along, anchor yourself at the bar, drink from a sippy cup, and, you know, drink. Instead of pouring your bottle of whiskey, it's a pressure container and, you know, basically you inject your whiskey into someone else's personal sippy cup.
2: Yeah, I mean they so have—they haven't shown any concept art like that at all. Which is they haven't. One, the one—the one thing that that does make me um, not doubt what you're saying, Ben, but I don't think that they're, they're. I don't
3: they're think they've thought, thought about, about it. it. But I'd like it. Yeah, I mean, one thing I was hoping—I was when they first mentioned outposts, I was hoping that they were meaning like small outposts on planets, like we're seeing these settlements. But one of the things they have, I'd say they've clarified in this post is they're saying outpost social hubs will be located in small orbital stations like mining outposts and trade depots. And that, that's basically, that's Hutton. Mm-hmm. You know, they are talking about what we, we think of as, as outposts, as the small little places like Hutton orbital, where you've only got a small and a medium landing pad and there's no gravity. And so I, I was hoping. to I, I really was hoping that it was going to be. It was clumsy typing, but I don't think it is.
0: Well, also, there's no atmosphere in Outpost, is there? Or certainly, well, the no atmosphere
3: the orbital bar either. But you know, that's for, that's for other reasons. Mostly because Commander Psycho kai is trying to sing there. That's yeah. fighting talk.
2: Okay, hang on. <laughs> we're we're going to move on from this now because well, I, I, thought don't, was I don't a want
3: that to... joke. Not a singing joke. <laughs> Oof, that's that's Cubicle Three.
2: <laughs> Cubicle 3 at, at Hutton Orbital is, I think it's evolving. It's evolving its own protocol mon- molecule, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> which is <it's> quite scary. <laughs> you yeah, we, yeah, we'd like to uh, move on just a bit. They have confirmed that um, everything that's going to be happening is in first person. So there's going to be no third person um, MMO type view of your uh, commander as they as they walk around the stations. Um, Chan, what do you want to to comment on that?
0: Yes, I mean I'm quite disappointed. Really, there's a number of other titles I was been looking forward to in the year that have um, abandoned third person. And what I like from the third person point of view is, in my in my mind, what's the point of buying DLC? to make my suit look all flashy and fashionable or whatever you want. What's the point in that if I'm not actually going to see it or or, or that? And even, I can understand from a gameplay perspective, you want everyone locked to the same field of view for combat and there's none of this zipping around. I'm just wondering how that's going to happen. Are we going to have these little camera drones fly around us like wasps that will enable us to do that? I don't know. I I don't. I, I like to be able to switch this to a third person view, oh. um, just to get screenshots and things. Well, I mean, I've I got no i
2: no problem with people using the camera in third person view.
3: Then, one thing about the um, camera, though, at least in when we're flying a ship, is you can lock off the camera's position relative to where you are, and you can still fly your ship. Yeah, now you don't have your HUD and everything like that,
0: and yeah, for me that's third person. They said it's not going to be there. Yeah. maybe I'm just. I mean,
1: I mean, no third person camera yeah, is not. No third person camera is not the same as no camera
0: suite. What, well, in yeah. the game though, aren't the, isn't the camera suite supposed to be these little drones that you fly around?
1: I don't think there's. I, I'm, I'm not sure it's been it's been lured. I don't. I'm not I'm not sure it's been. Expen- it's been. I, I don't explained. think it's been
3: fully. Yeah. yeah. It's, I, it's it's like in our own personal narrative, it's little drones, but so so the
1: way star citizen handles handle this is that you only get your hud in first person you can you can flip to third person whenever you like but it's basically vanity camera um which is perfect because third person does give an advantage in in competitive stuff um so removing the hud means that its utility is mainly for admiring your avatar or um or for content creation or catching screen you know catching screen screenshots of video or whatever um I think that I don't think there's any reason for Frontier to deny you the vanity camera in, in in first person. In fact, I wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me if it if vanity camera was included with first person by default because of the way the game works. Um, but I suspect when they say there will be no third person camera, what they mean is you will not be able to 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 play the game with full functionality because you won't have a HUD and you and and uh, and maybe not like full controls or something like that. Ben,
3: I completely agree with you there. I think. The vanity camera will remain exactly the same as it is. Just you can you can maybe sort of W S A D and go upstairs and things like that, but good luck ever trying to aim aim at somebody or probably even hold a conversation with them. Yeah,
1: precisely that. Absolutely that. Uh, I've seen Colin coming and going. Has he? Is currently no. There,
3: I think he? I think he's gone again. Right, mm. Should we leave third person? Yeah, that's yeah. Actually, yeah. in the in these notes. So that. the next thing on the. Uh, on the Q&A, well, more Q than A than I, I think, but anyway. Can you share more information about settlements? Are they controlled by factions? Settlements are much larger than social hubs. They'll be comprom- comp- comp- they will be comprised of multiple buildings, which will match the nature of the settlement. There will be different types, such as extraction, agricultural, or industrial, including buildings such as power reactors, habitats where workers will be able to stay. Not all settlements will have the same buildings. Settlements are owned by factions and are connected to the BGS when the BGS is working. The NPCs in the social hubs will differ depending on which faction is in control of that system, with visual elements inside of the social hub reflecting the current BGS. Players themselves won't be able to own settlements, but they will be able to support a faction in, co- in con- a faction-contesting territory. Uh, more on this information later. So this interests me because um
1: there. yeah I, I i agree it's not it's not that surprising but it is interesting that they're putting so much into um a lot of functionality is is being put into settlements you know it, it's very much it's very much you'll be able to explore stations you'll be able to explore outposts but settlements yeah these are these are where you're going to be able to do this these are where you're going to be able to do that it that interests me because it sort of indicates that the they looked at putting full functionality into the 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 assets already in the game but decided they needed a new one to do what they wanted to do properly um i mean you guys ought to ought to jump in if you disagree but like i i kind of feel like the way they're talking about settlements is very much that these are going to be where you're going to get your mission givers these are going to be where you're going to you're going to buy your new suits and things um and and we've put them in because actually when we when we started designing odyssey we realized that that we would need an entirely new location to do it justice. Is that how it strikes you guys, or is that just me?
3: No, that's exactly how it strikes me. And it corresponds with what I was saying earlier, actually, about ships and why we're not getting them in the first century. Same reason, I think, is why we're not getting... That's why existing structures and (coughs) existing bases, planetary ports, don't have all the features you might imagine out of them. And even though they're large, they just aren't large enough. Same as our ships. I think we're going to have to picture our ships from the inside out. And that might mean an embiggening of all things. I don't know.
1: Hmm. Interesting.
3: Um, I I think the settlements have been embiggened already. Whereas, obviously, you know, maybe outposts, you can only do it to a certain degree and possibly a certain amount of hand wavings having to go on to make them work right.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it could be. Could be. Uh,
3: The next question
2: after that was they asked how seamless is the transition into buildings in Odyssey? And they've said that they have created a seamless.
1: And he's gone. They have created a seamless
0: um, experience. I was wondering, but I was wondering about this when, when I read it Sue, because that I'm not sure if you remember? Ages and ages ago, we talked about um, how Odyssey is it's now called would actually work. Would it be a separate executable, or would it, or how would that happen? Because we were talking about the limitations on a console and minimum spec PCs. Because it seems to me that adding almost a completely different game onto Elite. So I'm just wondering when they that seamless transition, how's that going to work on a console when you have to load all this alternate content into memory Mm -hmm. when when it doesn't, it doesn't even, you know, it's not being written for the next gen consoles. So when it says it's seamless, I'm just wondering how that's going to work from a coding and game perspective of actually getting all that information into memory when well, you still got the original
3: gameplay. You might just stream it in. Who's, is, why would it be different information than already got? You've got the exterior map that you've already loaded in. You walk through the door, and then, you know, in that couple of seconds it takes, is probably all it takes to, you know, you go in through the airlock, open, close, door loaded, jobs are good in.
0: Because <laughs> you have to then load in all the other routines and mechanics to no, do be
3: already that's that's what happened yeah, well,
0: and, and that's what and that's my point you know, it's, not, it's, it's not two x's it's all there yeah what's it's not what f- i i was just thinking about the the amount of capacity of a console to store and use all this stuff just in case
4: i think um if i can just jump in here i seem to mm. remember the whole idea of elite being the being the genesis of the Cobra game engine. Uh, and as far as I'm aware of any latency I've ever encountered in game has always been related to matchmaking uh, when entering into an like effectively an instance around a space station or or a point of interest. Um, and I think the streaming of game assets in the game is very good. It's kind of on par with GTA as far- from oh. what I've seen, so it wouldn't surprise me that when you when you um, exit frameshift by a station, the game knows that you're going to be docking at that station, and so it can already start streaming some of the internal assets.
0: So- Maybe, but effectively, we do already have loading screens, don't we? But they're, and they're disguised as jumps and docking animations, an SLV animation. Yeah,
3: correct. And I think it'll be exactly the same as as this. You know, you'll get out of your ship, and you standing out of your ship will be the loading screen for loading in the assets for that local area. I See, I, to I, me though, I that's you, not seamless. You it? it's just
0: a well described it, loading screen.
1: Well, if if it's if it's very well described, it, it is well sorry if it's very well de- uh, disguised, it is seamless or as good as seamless um i totally agree with what john said i think it i think elite handles it very very well and i I think that the elevators that they talk about in the q a is is a that yeah that's a disguised loading screen isn't it you get an elevator it'll the doors will shut nothing will be on the screen for a sec and while it loads in the uh while it loads in the the social hub assets um i just want to quickly mention something that um kaizen said in chat he has corrected me he says that uh Regarding settlements, you can buy all your shit from the stations and old places. The difference, is, the difference is that settlements are groups of buildings with cover and shit spread over a first-person shooter battle map. All the stations have the shops and shit, but they will be one glorified building, like a mall, and not built for FPS combat. Um, so, uh, so, so basically what I just said about... Stations isn't quite correct settlements are different but they they are different in that they're laid out more like a first per- they're laid out more with first person shooter gameplay in mind whereas stations uh that you know oscilluses and orbuses and things will be very much more convenience places where you get your stuff done
3: yeah we it'll be like you know we go into the essentially into the airport hangar and they'll be like hanging out at Heathrow airport i think mm, yeah where you know you've got your bar you can go and get a drink and then you know well maybe not heathrow airport but i don't know maybe jfk airport something like that you can go out go out the go into the into the terminal and then buy a gun
1: yeah precisely uh, just just as it is um going to magaluf in, in real this life absolutely yeah, yeah. peter uh, um what uh, what the spoon says and uh with regard to uh, the uh, disguised loaded screens, it's he in he would put gliding onto a planet into that bracket as well, which is absolutely correct.
3: Um, Yeah, I mean, we can all see the loading screens. We're all... None of us are stupid enough to not realise, hey, while we jump out, that couple of seconds while it's going ka-dunk, 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 it's when this game's loading. Uh, And we see exactly the same thing, obviously, when you're trying to leave the station and go into Super Cruise, especially if there's 50 bazillion... um, Fleet carriers in the area. You go and spend ten minutes getting in. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, we know it's a loading screen. They just hide it. And I think for ninety percent of the time, when you're doing like a normal jump or a normal exit and entry to super cruise, it's disguised enough. It's just when the you know when when the glitch happens and it takes ten years that you think, what the hell's going off here? Yeah, that's
1: that's quite that's, that's- that's quite annoying. I only I only find that I only find those problems with multiplayer. I never ever I never get those glitches when I'm playing alone. It's only in it's only in wings that I get those.
3: Yeah. And I mean this is why everyone's begging for Frontier to work on their network code.
1: Hmm.
3: Which is sadly one of these cases, and that anyway, we going to, that'll make us all depressed, won't it? Um, how does mission availability vary throughout the game? The missions are available from contact boards. Actually just looking at this. We've got a whole load more. Do we want to cover this, or should we move up? Do we want to cover all of this? Quarter, quarter
1: past ten. Let's leave some for next week.
3: Or should we leave some of it for next week so we've got some more content for next week? Yeah. So we got up to seamless transitions. So that's seamless, right? Moving off off the main discussion, and we did that. We did that. So speedball. Um, so speedball for new grounds. I believe we have a video for that, Norman. Oh Norman thinks about that. Oh, no, here we go.
5: fly fast and don't forget to miss the ground
2: and i'll just hang in the background
3: okay are we back Norman? yes we're back so my what a lovely cobra uh, not cobra what a lovely cutter was in that <laughs> uh, and we did survive that well i survived that without um dying just uh, although we had a couple of people basically ram into the cutter as they were trying to fly past it, and they didn't survive very well. Uh, I think I got to about 20 percent hull or something like that. Uh. But if you have never done speed bowling, it is a hell of a lot of fun. You go very, very fast. You go very, very close to the ground, and you do your best not to die. Just as a subtle hint, don't do it in a cutter. Do it in a hauler or a crate or some kind of ship which you can very, very easily rebuy. You don't want one of the big ones for it. It's bad. Um, but if you've never tried um, speed bowling, obviously supported by Alec Turner and the um, the Racing Club, obviously, it is a lot of fun, so you really want to do that. So moving on from that, uh, Colin has released Top Shift 124 Power Play Expansion Blocking. Uh, that came out two days ago and is on YouTube for anyone who wants to to go and watch it. I have to admit, Colin, I'm really sorry I haven't watched it yet because I only found out about it today. In fact, I only found out about about 30 seconds ago when I was reading these. Uh, next thing is kind of related to the main discussion, actually, was a video from Down to Earth Astronomy where he's discussing cargo, cargo storage in Odyssey. Uh, and once again, Kaizen, take another bloody drink. You know, I swear he sometimes just says things just to get his name mentioned in all the places. Um but anyway, <laughs> uh, I was I was actually I was talking about cargo storage in Odyssey, and he shares very, very similar views with Down to Earth Astronomy. And the 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 basic version of the idea of us having of everybody having cargo storage in Odyssey is that let's say you go and get a type nine and you fill it up with 500 tons of bio waste. You park it at Lave station, you jump in your apex taxi, you fly to your, you take your apex taxi off to say, um, off to Diso and you jump in another ship you have there. All of a sudden you're in a ship with zero tons of bio waste and you've got a ship with 500 tons of bio waste sitting in Lave. QED cargo storage, basically. That's interesting because
0: so, that was always something that traditionally Frontier shied away from.
3: Yep. But we have cargo storage now with fleet carriers. So this is obviously cargo storage for all, potentially.
1: Yeah, I, did, uh, I, I feel like I, I feel pretty sure that cargo storage is. We've, we've already got it with fleet carriers um something else that frontier said that they'd never do was um was uh commerce between players directly but fleet carriers mean that you can now do that um so i think that cargo storage is is another sacred cow that will be slaughtered with uh, odyssey i think that uh the easiest thing is just to let players store cargo um simply um the um it would be consistent with the way they've implemented fleet carriers
0: it would, yes, and I guess the reason why they always were resistant to cargo storage was because it would wreck the economy. And, well, we sort of know what the economy is at the moment, so I guess it's kind of like it doesn't matter anymore.
3: Mm. Uh, and I mean, whilst I don't actually have any objections to cargo storage, I do feel that this theory has some unproven assumptions um, that, you know, what what happens just now when you get out of your, uh, Type Nine with five hundred tons full of bio waste and get into a into a sidewinder? Uh, anyone? You're um, you're,
0: you're told compresses. that you can't. It compresses. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. So I mean, as, as Suve said, you get told you can't, and you get told, hey, you need to sell four hundred ninety seven tons of bio waste before yeah. you can even think about getting into this. Now, this is this is just as unproven, but what I don't see why Frontier couldn't go off and make it so that when you get into a taxi, they say, hey, uh, Sooth, you know that 500 tons of bio-waste that's sitting in your cargo hold, buddy? Well, before we let you bugger off, we want you to do something about that, if you don't mind.
1: Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me.
3: Um, now, you know, you take, you, you take your... We don't know the answer to this one way or the other. Um... I like the idea of, of storage. I personally though would prefer essentially everybody to get a static fleet carrier on a station. Essentially, you know, feature-wise it would be a static fleet carrier. You know, but, you know, the actual art assets would basically be you have a bedroom and a terminal where you can buy and sell shit.
0: So would you charge people then, rent for it?
3: Uh, only, if they're, only if they're for bed and boarding.
0: Well, presumably uh, if one of the benefits of fleet carriers is you can store cargo and whatnot. And obviously yeah. there's the upkeep fee for that. But if you could yep. bypass that by storing it on a station without paying anything,
3: mm-hmm. does
0: that not mean it reduces some of the usefulness of a fleet carrier?
3: Potentially. and uh, I mean, it just sounds like a hack around for a system they already have in place. And I think a much more elegant solution for everyone to get cargo storage would be, you know, congratulations, Shan, you've now got a room at Lave, and that room comes with 500 tonnes of storage plus... And we've already got outfitting storage and ship storage. Uh, We've already got our pockets of infinite holding.
1: Yeah, I agree. I I think that's exactly what it will be.
3: So, you know, you've got... And you get 500 tonnes of... Of storage in the outpost of your choice, or something like that, or the the station of your choice. Um, and this is you know, all of this is obviously speculation. That, that, it's I a mean, good video. Kai and down to Earth make very good points. The, um, what were you saying?
1: That codifies the idea of having a home port, doesn't it? Which be a home
3: port would be interesting. A lovely thing for a lot of people.
4: Yeah, it'd be cool. I don't understand why you can't like, just have storage like you do for modules and ships, in that you leave stuff at a station, and if you want to take it somewhere that's not in your ship, you've got to pay for it to be transferred for you.
0: Um, I mean, yeah, that would be logical. Sorry,
3: Ben. I'm very very worried. I've just received ten photographs from Jude, from Beetle Jude, who has... And I was worried about what they are, because they're all come out all stretched, but apparently they are... Emotes for Twitch, so thank you very much for that, Jude. I'll see you about that later, and not worry about it just now. Thank you very much.
0: <laughs> so, do do we have to get people to like and subscribe to our Twitch channel then to get unleash the emotes on people?
3: Yes, like and subscribe. Um,
0: <laughs> like yes. and subscribe to YouTube and
2: uh, and Twitch uh,
3: and That'll... Instagram and all these. Yeah, all these places and things. And yes, love us, love us, please.
2: Yeah, um, I, I, anyway. um, I take it that you've covered um, <laughs> Top Shift 124.
3: Oh, can you tell us about it, Colin? Because I haven't seen it yet.
2: Oh, um, Top Shift 124 is probably one of the funnest bits of in power play uh, I, I've had. It's where I go officially pirating and killing people, um, and I'm allowed to. As I as thought you
3: were a nice guy.
2: Ah, uh, but they're not on my power, you see. And it doesn't matter if, they, if they're uh, if they're an NPC or if they're a, um, a human player. Um, as far as I'm concerned, in power play, you should know what you've signed up signed
0: up so for. So, Colin, um, are you are you like an earth football hooligan no. spotting a member of, spotting a member of I don't know Everton when you're a Liverpool supporter and running um, on Russell Road and, and arranging them to get beaten up in a warehouse? You I definitely, definitely.
2: And it's. I suppose in elite dangerous terms that's true because that's what power play is supposed to be it is supposed to be um, you know player versus player combat it's supposed to be that area of the game where it's supposed to happen and although in the video I didn't actually attack any, any players I have done in the past and yet yeah, you do get called a griefer even though you know that's what the game's supposed to be about. And you do get people complaining that, that you know, that's what all open should be, but mm, I think
1: PvP in- power and Powerplay is what it's for. Exactly.
2: Thing. And um, I do feel that if you are in open, in power play and you're not, and you're in a hostile system, well, I'm sorry, you know, I'm a, just the biggest target to you, as you are to me. Yeah, precisely. So, uh, But Yes, but it is fun because basically I can be a a privateer because you you've I don't uh, against other uh, other um, ships, other powers, and uh, yeah, combat with with the full-on skull and crossbones for me. Thank you very much. <laughs> right, um, moving on from there, um, have we anybody got any other quick business they'd like to quickly? Uh, touch on before uh, we do
0: the shout-outs? Not from me. No. Uh, yeah, just to say quickly, um, Ben, I am available for alibis if you need
3: one. <laughs> and just, how much just... do you charge for the alibis? <laughs> At market rate.
2: interstellar still a factor rates. <laughs> um, so,
3: Yeah. My, my, b- my bounty plus 20% then.
2: Yeah. Uh, On the, any other business side, for those of you who've been following Star Wars Squadrons, um, last Friday, they issued a patch which fixed a lot of, um, the issues with the controllers. Uh, so that means, uh, my X52 now works properly full on with a, um, uh, with Star Wars Squadrons. And I must admit, when I was in the VR with the X52 or working, and my seven-year-old self was crying a lot because this is what he'd been waiting for since X-Wing first came out on the PC all those years ago. And I must admit, it was quite emotional, actually, coming out of that after after all that. I guess I'm the only one that's had that experience. <laughs> Star Wars died for me in the last set of movies. So. Ah, but this isn't in the last set of movies, Shan. This, this That's the important point. Do you want the old-school Star Wars feel? I think they've managed to capture that. What do you think, Ben? Do you think they've managed to capture that?
3: I think they deliberately aimed at that. Um, so much of it is pointing at the old-school like X-Wing and TIE Fighter games. Um... And you know, you've got your obligatory do a trench run kind of thing. You've got your obligatory escape from a burning, exploding base that's going to kill you. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, hunting down. You know they do, they deliberately go off and put you in original Tie Fighters in the very first Imperial mission. You know they deliberately let's play it old school, guys. Yeah. Um, we're I- in traditional en- uh, Empire. Return of the Jedi era X Wings rather than the, uh, was it the T6? Is it the T65s and then it's the T95s or something? Whatever the model numbers are, the ones in the in the, in the third trilogy have like two half engines rather than only, yeah, yeah, I and mean, sort of two <laughs> proper engines.
2: Um, yeah, we know that it, basically it, it's, yeah. Just after Return of the... It's a couple of years after Return of the Jedi. So basically, all the old kit is still working. Um, Apart
3: from B-Wings.
0: We're missing B-Wings. don't need... The TIE Fighters in the game have shields. Under no. one.
3: Nope. No, they don't have shields. And they handle no. the lack of shields very nicely. Um,
0: yeah.
3: <laughs> I, mean, Although I, must I really admit, appreciate how they do with that.
2: I must admit, though, um, I'm no good in a TIE Fighter. I'm rubbish in a TIE Fighter. Put me in an X-Wing, it's another matter. I've played a couple of, quite a few matches now. In an X-Wing, I've got a kill ratio of three to one. So, But in a TIE Fighter, I'm something like, I don't know, um, the other way around. I think it's two to three. So basically, I get two kills for every three deaths in a TIE Fighter. So I'm definitely a Republic pilot. (laughs) If, if I've, been, I've, been playing
3: more, I've been playing more on the Empire side, but I've also been playing more bomber or support role. Um, yeah. And I have to know, I really enjoy playing support. Um, I'm surprised how much I've enjoyed playing support.
2: Oh, but another issue, no, anyway, you're the coward that hides at the back. <laughs> the healer.
3: No, I'm usually the... I don't know how I always seem to be... Basically, I'm charging out following the TIE like, the Advanced and ready to basically give that first high advance to heal. So I'm, I'm like, second out the gate, basically. Uh, <laughs> and usually I'm also throwing down, like, turrets and mines and things like that. So that, you know, I'm up in front so that when my team, d- you know, turns back, the dirty rebels go off and fly into my mines.
2: Yeah. Well... You know, we're still definitely going to have to have a leave radio uh, Star oh, Wars Quadrant night. We so we'll, we'll we'll be sending out details of that at some point in the future. So, um, right. Uh, I think it's time for shout outs. So, uh, first of all, we'll say hello to our sister st- station, Hutton Orbital Radio. It broadcasts on a Thursday at 8.30. You can tune in at tv.forthemug.com or if you just want the audio, go to radio dot for the dot for the discerning commander who likes a bit of CQC action check out the CQC Discord at discord.me slash elite dangerous CQC um, also following this I do believe we have a fantastic galnet news digest per, uh, provided by Commander Wotherspoon. we do. Um, we do excellent. Um, so it just leaves me to say thanks to all those who have chipped in on the Twitch chat and all other um, <laughs> streams that we've uh, we've been talking about. Uh, and that's it for another episode of Live Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can email info at laveradio.com, Hit us up at facebook.com slash Lave Radio or tweet us at Laveradio. You can join our Discord server by going to disco.io slash radio, and we have a TeamSpeak server where commanders come out to chat and you can find that at teamspeak.laveradio.com Now do get in touch if you have any questions or if there's anything you'd like us to discuss in a future episode. Laveradio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at 8.30pm and streamed out at laveradio.com slash live so thanks to ben uh thanks to john for dropping by thanks to Shan, thanks to suverine and a special thanks of course goes to commander ventura for being our tech specialist today uh, but until next time commanders fly safe and if you can't do that fly dangerous
5: Like I can an orange insert <laughs> 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 Need a safe word. Space can be done.
3: I'll be right
2: back. According to uh, scientists, Uranus is full of methane gas. I think you're right, though, Colin. What have you done with Shan, and when can we have him back?
5: News Digest, 13th of October, 3306. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news roundup. Demolition Ethics Questioned. Hudson's Best Buddy. The Origin of Apex Travel. Empire Denies Drunken Pilots. Demolition Ethics Questioned. Following the revelation that engineer Liz Ryder's Demolition Unlimited sold specially engineered weapons to terrorists, the legitimacy of an outfit that is allied to anarchist movement the Eurybia Blue Mafia, that sells modified missiles that are specifically designed to cause thrusters to be less effective and to make frameshift drives malfunction to prevent traders and weaker combatants from withdrawing, and that makes little attempt to prevent sales to known terrorists, has been called into question. Ryder has completed work for galactic governments in the past, including research into anti-Thargoid weapons on behalf of Aegis. But essentially, Ryder designs bombs that fit on the top of rockets of various sizes and capabilities. And while it is true that it is not bombs that kill people, it is people that kill people Having large numbers of Ryder supplied bombs sloshing around the supply chain certainly makes the people killing a lot less arduous for the modern terrorist. They have said that they no longer want to detain her, but perhaps the Empire was right to hunt Ryder, the loose missile, down. (laughs) Hudson's Best Buddy. With the news that Admiral Vincent has been arrested, charged with treason and mass murder for arranging the destruction of Starship One, it is perhaps worth looking back briefly at the history of Admiral Vincent. It was Vincent who carpet-bombed the onion-head fields of Capa Pharnassus in 3300 and without consulting then-President Jasmina Halsey, damaging her political credibility. In a carefully worded statement at the time, Halsey clarified that Vincent had acted without consulting her, and that he was acting within his rights not to consult her. It was abundantly clear that Halsey detested Vincent, and that Vincent had little regard for his president. It was also abundantly clear that Vincent remained a close friend of Shadow President Hudson. Vincent's aides travelled with the Shadow President, providing assistance and credibility to the opposition politician, and then, conveniently, allegedly following an intervention by Admiral Vincent, the presidential flight was lost President Halsey was believed dead, and Hudson was given an easy path to take over the top job in the Federation. If Admiral Vincent attempted to murder President Halsey, it can only have been to benefit Shadow President Hudson. Now, the big question is, did Hudson know about the plot? If he did, his future as President must surely Be placed in doubt. The Origin of Apex Travel. Apex Travel, the interplanetary and interstellar travel agency, was founded on the 12th of October 2020 when British entrepreneur David Braben communicated with South African visionary and fruitcake Elon Musk using Twitter an early predecessor of the short blogging service GalTweet. Braben's tweet, preserved in the Federal Library of Congress in Olympus Village on Mars, says simply, Hi, I'd love to talk to you about something. What Braben was talking about was renting passage for commanders on Musk's interplanetary rockets, the predecessors of spaceships. Conditions were cramped, and the journey was often one-way and or fatal, but it formed the first little step towards the service we will be reintroduced to at the beginning of 3307. Empire Denies Drunken Pilots leaders of Imperial forces working to subdue the Marlinist movement in Aquada have strenuously denied that leftover brandy from the lying-in state of Prince Harold Giselle is impacting the fighting effectiveness of its pilots. Millions of cases of the rare brandy were delivered to Baal for onward transmission to capital. It is rumoured that Prince Harold's body was pickled in brandy before it was laid to rest in the Hall of Martyrs. It's what he would have wanted, apparently. What happened to the millions of tons left over, though? Rumour has it that every pilot in the Imperial Navy was given a ration of 20 tons of the stuff on the understanding that they'd have a small top every evening with their cocoa and would make it last a good long while. Reports from Aquada that the fleet's flagship, the Glorious Destiny, has sustained damage from repeatedly being rammed by incapacitated Imperial pilots have been dismissed as vile propaganda on behalf of the evil democratic forces of Marlinism. Forces for stability and order in the Empire are firmly in control in Aquada. And the evil Democrats of the dulu Seklis Empire League can expect very little mercy. Following their insolence in opposing the forces of justice. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news so you don't have to. And the BGS is not broken anymore.
3: Hey, guys.